This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study. We examine some questions teachers may face and give some teaching tips along the way. This winter, we are studying Genesis 1 through 19. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined by Bill Craig. Bill serves as our Senior Vice President over Publishing and Ministry Experiences. He leads a Bible study at his church using Explore the Bible, so he brings not just wisdom but experience to our conversation. Bill, thank you for being here today. Hi, Amber. Thanks for having me again. I enjoy doing this podcast. I think I've been on almost every quarter recently, so it's great to be here. Yep, yep, you have. You have joined us for at least the last four quarters, I think. Uh, Today we are looking at session eight. Uh, We'll be discussing Genesis chapter nine, verses one through 15. Uh, And this is uh, our annual lesson, uh, Sanctity of Human Life. It's a Sunday that we set apart to study and discuss the sanctity of human life. So that's what we will be talking about today as we study Genesis nine. I'll begin by sharing uh, our outline. It's just a brief summary of what's happening in these verses. And then after that, we will roll into some questions that either as a group leader uh, you may face as you're preparing to teach this lesson, or possibly maybe not a question that you have, but a question that a group member may have in your Bible study group this week. So we want to talk about some questions that may come up so you'll feel fully prepared. For our outline, Genesis chapter 9, verses 1 through 4, we have titled those The Blessing. God blessed Noah and his sons, directing them to multiply and fill the earth. God also explained that animals would now fear humans since animals were to be added to the human diet. God stipulated, though, that the blood of the animal could not be consumed. Next, in verses 5 through 7, we've entitled that The Warning. God issued a warning calling for the life of any animal that kills a human or any human who murders another human. God pointed to humans being created in the image of God as rationale for carrying out capital punishment, and he reminded the people to focus on multiplying and spreading out over the earth. In verses 8 through 15, God established a covenant with Noah and his sons, vowing to never again destroy human and animal life through a flood. God then placed a rainbow as a sign and reminder of this covenant between him and all the earth. Our summary statement for this whole lesson is all people are to value all human life. So that's really our main topic, what we're going to discuss today and how we will how we will understand this passage and, and kind of unpack it. Well, let's just begin with a question. Bill, this one is really kind of related to verses two through four. Uh, What changed between humans and animals after the flood, and how did this affect our responsibility as stewards of God's creation? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think uh, what was true before the flood uh, is uh, similar to what's true after the flood, uh, in that the verse starts, uh, like verse 1, includes words that are very similar to Genesis 1.28. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. That's very similar. But in Genesis 1, it talks about rule over the fish of the seas and the birds of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth. 
And that language changes here in Genesis 9, what had been a peaceful relationship, or uh, we we imagine it was a more peaceful relationship between <laughs> humans and animals, uh, is now a, um, a relationship in, in which humans exercise dominion over the animals through fear. So uh, there is some fear introduced into the animals uh, by the presence of human beings. And uh, this is also perhaps a protection for humans. So the animals that could overpower humans are given this inborn fear of humans that, that causes them to shy away or to go away from animals. Now, I, I, I should point out, there is a place in Genesis 3 where God talks to Cain and he says, sin is crouching at the door. This image of like a tiger or lion being ready to crouch or to pounce upon uh, him. So there may not have been a perfectly peaceful relationship between humans and animals, but that's still sort of the thought behind this is that the dominion over animals was out of a place of peacefulness, not out of a place of fear. So now the dietary rules have changed as well. And so creatures are now food. And uh, previously, just plants and trees were food for mankind. But now the authority over every animal uh, and over every plant life, God gives that to humans. And so with that authority comes this idea of stewardship. So our stewardship stretches all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, uh, and then in Genesis chapter 3, where the work over the land, the dominion over the land, becomes actually burdensome work. And we have to toil over the, the ground to make it produce crops. And so that stewardship of the earth was a lot of uh, hard work for humans uh, prior to the flood. It looks like it's going to be that, including this kind of stewardship over animal life. So as we fill the earth with humans, it's inherent on us then that we should fill the earth, uh, but care for the animals, care for the environment, so that it will provide for our daily needs going forward. The earth is now a broken place because humans introduced sin into it. As stewards, though, of all the plants, all the animals, we can help protect the earth uh, from the destruction that we might otherwise cause. Yeah, that's a that's a helpful explanation. Um, and maybe one that as we have probably studied this passage in the past is Possibly for your group members would not be the first time they would study uh, Genesis 9, but maybe a small uh, piece of the passage that that maybe doesn't get a lot of attention in the past. So it's good to have that explanation. Yeah. In verses four through six, why did God put special emphasis on the blood of animals? Well, again, this echoes the pre-flood from Genesis chapter mm-hmm. 2, 17, when God says you must not eat of the tree of uh, the knowledge of good and evil. So now he says 
using the exact same language, you must not eat of the blood of these animals. And it's because blood represents the life force of animals and humans. That's why the uh, warning is given about taking the life of a human because the the blood, the lifeblood of that uh, human is what uh, God is concerned with at this point. So this idea of blood gives uh, an image to us that's going to become very important in the book of Leviticus. So as Moses establishes the law in the, in the book of Leviticus, we read in Leviticus 16 and 17 mm-hmm. that blood is going to be what provides the atonement sacrifice uh, for humans and their sin. So for example, uh, Leviticus 17:11, for the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have appointed it to you to make atonement on the altar for your lives, since it is the lifeblood that makes atonement. So as God gives us animals to eat, he says, but don't eat the blood. The blood is the life of the animal, and it actually foreshadows Christ's sacrifice on the cross. So you come to Matthew 26 and other verses in the New Testament where we understand that the new covenant is the cup and the cup represents Christ's blood shed for us on the cross, poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So in this admonition not to eat the blood of animals, God's laying out for Noah an understanding of the value that uh, life is represented in the blood for the life of a perfect sacrifice. The blood is an atonement for sin. And likewise, all human life is valuable because of the blood and the fact that humans are made in the image of God. And I think we're going to talk about that next. That, yes, I was going to say, that's our next our next topic. So one, uh, one big takeaway from this passage, obviously we've been in Genesis now for nine chapters. God is our creator. Um, he has created each person in his image. We studied all of that earlier in Genesis. How should these truths shape how we interact with others? Well, as we interact with each other, the first thing we need to do is to recognize that other human beings, all human beings are created in his image. So the way we interact with humans ought to start with the recognition that there is value in life, in all of human life. And so uh, it's obvious that God places a high value on life. Uh, So there's intrinsic value in the lives of humans, even humans marred by sin. And that intrinsic value is derived out of the fact that we're made in his image. Christ himself expanded on this idea when he talked in Matthew, Matthew 5, 21, about the idea that murders come out of the heart of humans. And so he says, anger and insults and disrespect, all of these things are, are precursors in the heart to murder. And so valuing human life begins in the heart and the attitudes about all people that we ought to have. And that attitude in our heart uh, is reflected through the way we treat 
other people. So because humans are in the image of God, instead of hate and anger, insults, disrespect and murder, we ought to love one another. Something in that person that we have a problem with is worth redemption. There is something beautiful in that person, something useful in that person, something in that person that can become grace-filled, and that is the image of God in that person. And so that image of God is that person's rationality. It's their sense of uh, creativity, the idea of time, the ability for humans to give of themselves sacrificially and to love one another. All of these things are representations of the image of God. And that image of God in another person then makes the case for why we ought to treat one another and interact with each other in a way that recognizes the image of God, respects that other person, and actually uh, cares for, loves that other person. Long ago, I heard uh, a sentence that I have never forgotten, and it the sentence was, "You will never meet someone who God does not deeply love." You know, there's I've heard other variations of that same idea. You'll never meet anyone whom Christ did not die for, and so He has created each of us, and that that fact alone uh, should shape how we how we think about and interact and consider, I mean, regardless of maybe personal preferences, <laughs> because there's, there will always be someone uh, that we we're just different from, or we like different things, but, but the, but the God has given us uh, an understanding in his word that he is our creator and he is their creator. And so, yeah, that's helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Christ. We have to remember Christ loved us yeah. when we yeah. were full of sin. And he gives himself up for us, even in our sin and rebellion. And so we look at people and we think that person's, uh, you know, there's no way that that person is redeemable. Well, Christ died for that person and for that person's redemption the same way he died for ours. And so that puts the value on that person. Exactly. Uh, so one last question, and it's sort of in the same vein of thinking, what are some practical ways believers can demonstrate respect for every human life each day? So I want to repeat that question and just say, uh, whoever wrote that question, if it was you, Amber, or somebody else on your team, they did a great job with that question. I, I think I've mentioned before, one of the hardest things I do every week is try to make sure I hone the questions that I'm going to use with my group. And this is a perfect question for you uh, as listeners to think about using as a discussion question with your group. So the question is, what are practical ways that believers can demonstrate respect for every human life each day? That's a great question to discuss. Now, I'll give you some ideas because I think I usually, as a teacher, I always try to have some kind of idea of what an answer could be before I ask that question in my class. So here's some things to think about. Uh, How do you want to be respected? So when you think about practical ways to respect others, I'd start with the idea of how do you want to be respected? Do you want people to 
listen to you, to care for you, to allow you to express your opinion, to allow you to be who you are, the right to be who you are, what you uh, believe God is calling you to be? Uh, Will you provide for the vulnerable? Will you give the benefit of the doubt to someone that you're having an argument with? And do you love someone? Do you really agape that person with patient, kind, forgiving, and sacrificial love? All of those things are what we want from other people. We want to be respected in those ways. And that's how we begin to respect others in very practical ways every day. We listen with ears that are patient. We care about the needs of others. We look for the people who are most vulnerable in our society. And we try to minister to those people and serve them. When we're in an argument with somebody, we give that person the benefit of the doubt rather than assuming the worst for that person. All of these ways are ways that we can practically demonstrate respect for every human uh, that we meet each day. Yeah, that's a that's a really good list you've started. And and I think there there could be many more. It just depends on your context and who you're with. Um, but yeah, I think that's a could lead to a lot of good discussion in in this week's in this week's study yeah. for sure. You could even start with the opposite question. How has someone disrespected you lately? Right? And then that Oh, would that's lead, a really good question. That would lead right into well, how can we show respect for others? Yeah, that's that's really good because probably people could pretty quickly come up with some examples of disrespect. Yeah. Each week we try to highlight something in the leader guide that we think could be especially helpful as you study this lesson. This week there is a Bible skill. It's found in the leader guide. uh, And the Bible skill itself is to use multiple scripture passages to understand a topic. And of course this week our topic is the sanctity of life. So it offers um, a paragraph there on how to lead your group through this Bible skill, either potentially if you have time in your discussion to do that this week or um, something that you can kind of talk through and encourage them to do at home maybe later today. Uh, But the Bible skill is to use multiple scripture passages to understand the sanctity of life. And it offers several different passages to take a look at those all through. It's got Old Testament passages and New Testament passages to look at those and to really, uh, as as a whole, kind of write out some of what scripture teaches us about life and the value of life. And then finally, it uh, leads the group member to write their own statement of belief about the sanctity of life. So it's an interesting and I think could be a really helpful Bible skill, um, especially if you have new believers uh, in your Bible study group. That could be, it could be something brand new for them that they have never done before. So that could be helpful. Before we go, let me remind you about Extra. Each week, we identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news story to introduce or conclude the group time. So it's just a bonus teaching idea um, that could be could be used at the beginning or kind of at the end to wrap up uh, your group time discussion. These teaching ideas are free and you can find them on the Explore the Bible website uh, by typing in goexplorethebible.com forward slash leader extras. And, and I'll just say that again. It's goexplorethebible.com forward slash leader extras. Bill, thank you for being here with us today. Thank you, Amber. I enjoyed doing it. 
We appreciate you. Next week, we will be discussing Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. Our guest host will be Bob Bunn. He is a veteran uh, to this podcast and always, always insightful. So we hope you'll join us.